You're listening to Comedy Central. August 16, 2018. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Tonight, comedian D.L. Hughley is joining us, everybody! We'll talk about his new book, How Not to Get Shot, and other advice from white people. It's a fun summer beach read. But first, let's catch up on today's headlines. Apple has already taken over the market for computers and phones, and now they're getting ready to hit the road. A well-connected analyst says the Apple car will roll out between 2023 and 2025. That analyst saying he expects the car to be Apple's next star product, which could revolutionize the auto industry, just like the iPhone did for the smartphone market. No comment from Apple, of course, about those predictions. Okay, um... (laughs) That's just a giant iPhone with wheels. And I don't know if I want to be driving an iPhone. I'll be like, Siri, turn left. You'll be like, you said, drive off a cliff. No! No! And now, like with all Apple products, I'm sure that people will love this car until it starts raining and then the car stops working <laughs> and you're gonna have to put it in rice. It's a whole thing that happens. You know what the worst part is? Is that the car's gonna come preloaded with Bono in the back seat. He's gonna be like, I just need a ride to the Edge's house. In other news, another setback for the Pillsbury testosterone boy, Alex Jones. A week after several tech giants removed talk show host and conspiracy theorist Alex Jones from their platforms, Twitter is suspending his ability to tweet for a week. People need to have their battle rifles and everything ready at their bedsides, and you gotta be ready. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey told me why his company is now taking action. I believe we put him in a, uh, a timeout, removing his ability to tweet for a time period. Honestly, a Twitter timeout, it doesn't sound so bad. I mean, I feel like in 2018, being off Twitter feels like a reward, right? (laughs) If Twitter really wants to punish someone, they'd force them to stay on Twitter and read all of their mentions. That should be the punishment. He's like, all I said was go Giants and 10 people told me to kill myself. (laughs) Oh, and finally, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is in the middle of a re-election campaign. So yesterday, in a speech, he decided to score some points by denouncing President Trump And uh, he may have gone a little too far. The governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, he shocked the crowd when he rebuked the president's Make America Great Again slogan, and the crowd gasped. Listen to this. We're not gonna make America great again. It was never that great. (laughs) Okay, uh, Democrats, here's a tip. The opposite of Trump isn't automatically a good thing. I mean, like, unlike our president, I would never grab a woman by the pussy because I grab men by the dick. Yeah, yeah, did I win? Did I win? Did I? And you know what? And you know what? I just want to say something. Yes, maybe America is having a tough time, but how can you say America was never that great? This is the country that uses fried chicken as bread. 
This is the country that invented slash stole the Macarena. This is the country that made multiple TV shows just about catching cheetahs and the country that survived five sharknados. If that isn't greatness, I don't know what is. Let's move on to our top story. Earlier this week, the Justice Department fired senior FBI agent and stock photo of a senior FBI agent, Peter Strzok. <laughs> now, this came after revelations that he had exchanged text messages critical of Donald Trump while also investigating Donald Trump during the 2016 elections. And losing your job is never easy. But it looks like Strzok is gonna land on his feet. The FBI agent fired by the Bureau is receiving a lot of support. We have learned thousands of people are chipping in to help Peter Strzok cover his legal bills. After news of his firing broke, a GoFundMe page was set up and it's raised hundreds of thousands. The original target was $150,000. After that was quickly reached, the amount was raised to $350,000. When that target was hit, it was raised again to half a million. Okay, okay, first up. This is some bullshit we need to address about GoFundMes in general. How do people say, this is the amount I need, and then change the amount when they get it? That's not a thing. <laughs> like, imagine you met someone in the street and they're like, hey man, could you help me out? I need $50 to go see my family. And you're like, okay, here, here, here's $50. He's like, oh, now that I've reached $50, I now need $100 to go see my family. You'd be like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Here's $100. Okay, now I need $150. You'd be like, this is a scam. Because seriously, half a million dollars on a GoFundMe just for hating Donald Trump. There's cancer patients on that site that are like, hey, we hate him too, can you pay for my treatments? Like, no, you don't really hate him, we can tell. <laughs> for more on what Strzok's windfall says about Trump's presidency, we turn to senior political analyst, Michael Costa, everybody. <laughs> Michael. A fired FBI agent gets $500,000 from GoFundMe people. How do you explain that? Trevor, this doesn't surprise me. There's big bucks in hating on Donald Trump. In 2016, my Nana started knitting pussy hats. Two weeks ago, she bought a Ferrari, okay? <laughs> Trevor, what's the fastest growing sector of the economy? Um, I think- That's right. Trump hating late night talk shows. You know how many there are right now? 17,000. Even Animal Planet has a political late night show. It's called Rough Night with Coco. She goes there. She's gonna be tough to beat up the Emmys, man. Yeah. Really tough. And, and now you've got guys like Peter Strzok who aren't even making jokes or whatever it is you do. They just say, I hate Trump, and the resistance opened up its wallet faster than Johnny Depp at a scarf depot. And <laughs> it's not just Peter Strzok who's raking in the resistance cash. Before him, Trump got Andrew McCabe fired as FBI deputy director, and that guy's GoFundMe also pulled in half a million dollars. And I get it. People are desperate for anything that can hurt Trump even a little bit. But that's how scams work, by preying on the most desperate. And you're a Nigerian prince, you understand. So South Africa is not the same. Trevor, people aren't really thinking about who they're giving their anti-Trump dollars to. Take James Comey. For a year, everyone is furious at that seven-foot freak for basically getting Trump elected. Then he writes a book saying he actually hates Trump, and the resistance starts making it rain. I mean, he made more money than Johnny Depp's scarf dealer. I, f I feel like you didn't work for that one, you. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I get what 
just saying. I mean, it's like it's like Omarosa. She she was a gladiator for Trump, yep. and now she's swimming in cash for calling him unhinged. Yeah, yeah. You know who's still the master of this game? 2016 Green Party presidential candidate Jill Stein. Her entire platform was there's no difference between Clinton and Trump. Then as soon as the election was over, she said, "Oh no, we can't let Trump win. Give me money for a recount, and I'll save you from him." She ended up collecting 7.3 million dollars. <laughs> You talk about the Green Party. <laughs> and look, I understand. Sometimes you get so blinded by your revenge that you don't realize you're just playing yourself. My high school principal told, told me to stop acting up in class. So guess what? I stopped showing up to school entirely. I never graduated. Take that, Mr. Samuelson. Well, didn't that produce, didn't that produce some inadvertent negative ramifications? In a, I don't even understand the words you just said. The point is... <laughs> Trevor, I'm deeply concerned about how people are getting taken advantage of, which is why I've decided to help resistors resist getting scammed. I've set up a fundraising site, <laughs> cashforcosta.com, and I'm gonna use the money people give me to stop all these grifters once and for all, because if I can just raise $100,000, I will be able to increase my goal to $200,000 which is halfway to $400,000. Fighting Trump, fighting Trump. Then I'll get to $500,000 and then bam! B bam what? I'll just need another $100,000. Michael Costa, everyone, get out of here, man. Get out of here, we'll be right back. Don't give him money. Today is a bittersweet day for us here at The Daily Show because today is the last day we get to see Hassan Minaj. Um, yeah, apparently, apparently the Muslim ban is far reaching, <laughs> way more far reaching than we realized. Uh, so he's got to leave and never come back. So ladies and gentlemen, one last time, please welcome Hassan Minaj. <laughs> You know, Trev, I'm really gonna miss this place. The friends, the laughs, the security guard who inspects your mouth with his bare fingers. We, we don't have a security guard who does that. Huh. I don't know who that was then. Well, well either way, we're gonna miss you too, man. Uh, but we're really happy for you. I know that you'll have your own show starting soon. Uh, but like, what's, what's, what's in store for Hassan Minaj? Like, what are you doing for the rest of the summer? Any big plans? Well, my plan was, to go see a bunch of movies starring Daily Show people. We got Crazy Rich Asians with Ronnie Chang. The Spy Who Dumped Me with breakout star Hassan Minaj, of course. Mamma Mia 2, Here We Go Again. And I know what you're probably thinking. Wait, Meryl Streep isn't on The Daily Show. But the truth is, she's been playing Roy Wood Jr. this entire time. That's just how good she is. Wow. Now I'm not sure she should have used the N-word so often. That was intense. But now, my summer plans are ruined, Trevor, and I'll tell you why. Movie Pass is burning to the ground. 
For frequent moviegoers, the subscription service called MoviePass seemed like a great deal. Pay just $10 a month to see a movie every single day. But as its popularity surged, the company's finances took a hit. A lot of crises, financial and otherwise, and bleeding a lot of cash. At one point, losing roughly $20 million a month. In a desperate attempt to stay in business, MoviePass will now only allow users to see three movies in a month. Only three movies a month? This is horrible. Thanks to MoviePass, I was paying $10 a month for $500 worth of movie tickets. I was going every single afternoon. Wait, like in the middle of the workday? Yeah, what did you think I was doing when I said how I had all those doctor appointments? I thought you were seeing a doctor. Yeah, Doctor Strange, I've seen it 12 times. Now, Trevor, as a child of immigrants, movies have always been my way to connect to American culture. And more importantly, Indians love bargains. So now what am I gonna do? Well, what you could do now is you could just buy a ticket for a movie you wanna see, like a normal person. <laughs> okay, 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 go buy a ticket. All right, Trevor, what are you gonna tell me next? Get a ride by holding my hand in the air? What is this, 2004? I only hold my hand in the air for one reason, and that's to high-five a friendly ghost. L look, I, I get why you're upset, Hassan, but, but when you think about it, how is MoviePass ever going to succeed as a business, right? It's $10 a month for nearly unlimited movies. That's crazy. Dude, what are you talking about? We're millennials, man. It's all about subscription culture. You pay a small fee, and in exchange, you get everything. <laughs> unlimited streaming from Netflix and Spotify, unlimited shipping from Amazon Prime, unlimited STDs from Tinder. It's how we live life. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but the only way MoviePass would have worked is if everyone subscribed, right? Then the people who don't use it as much would have subsidized the people who use it all the time. This is actually why Obamacare struggled, because young people didn't want to sign up, and then only older, sick people were using the service. Oh, I get what you're saying. We need to combine MoviePass and Obamacare. No, 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 that's not, that's not... I read you loud and clear, Trev. That is an amazing idea. I get it. I get it. Okay. So young people get movies, old sick people get health care. We'll call it movie care. <laughs> or Obama Pass. I don't know, we're working on the title. But just picture it. You're in the movie theater, right? You're watching, let's just say, The Spy Who Dumped Me starring Hasan Minhaj. <laughs> you're getting your popcorn on, you're getting your soda on, and now, thanks to Movie Pass, you're also getting a colonoscopy. <laughs> you're welcome, Obama. Hasan Minhaj, everybody! <laughs> is a comedian, host of the nationally syndicated radio show, The D.L. Hughley Show, and author of the new book, How Not to Get Shot, and other advice from white people. Please welcome D.L. Hughley. Very nice, Trevor. Very oh, nice. welcome back to the show. Thank you, man, for having me. So you, good to have you here. You, you, you. Interestingly, you were talking about Peter Strzok, who raised half a million dollars. Right. You know the kid, the cop that shot Darren Wilson raised one point. Uh, that shot Mike Brown. Darren, Darren Wilson raised one point two million dollars. Wait, the cop raised one point two million. One point two million dollars for what? For killing Darren, for killing Michael Brown. His GoFundMe made one point two million dollars. So, so if you think hating Trump is bad, hating a black dude is way more lucrative. That's a perfect segue to get into this that's, book. Yeah, yeah. Because that's, that's basically what this mm -hmm. book is all about. How not to get shot. Mm -hmm. 
and other advice for white people. <laughs> yeah. well, Where did the book come from? Well, I was on Megyn Kelly's show, remember when she was at Fox, before she stopped being a racist and moved to NBC? <laughs> <laughs> and we had this heated uh, argument, uh, you know, because th there's never been, I think America has never seen a young black uh, man or woman killed by the police that they were so appalled they were driven to action. And it was a very frustrating conversation. Rather than get frustrated, I just, I wrote a book about it. And you wrote the book from the perspective of somebody who's taking the advice oh, that you've right. seen doled out by white people repeatedly after a shooting or after an incident. It's, it's always advice on what black people are doing right. wrong. Well, white people have been getting advice since we first got here. So, uh, right. you know, I figure they're adept at it. Um, but it's like, when I hear these things, like th th these nonsensical arguments, like, like white supremacists, this, we want our country back. Like, as I recall, when you had the country to yourself, you invited us to the party. Like, we didn't, we didn't, <laughs> we didn't book a cruise here because we heard they was hiring. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Get on the boat, they're hiring in America. <laughs> it's just, you know, people have these warped notions of what uh, they would do, and if you, if you would just cooperate, or if you would, but uh, I think that ultimately people just aren't comfortable, uncomfortable with black uh, uh, people or people of color being killed by the police. They're just, they, they, I think they, they think that that's how it's supposed to go. No one likes uh, to see a cow uh, uh, mutilated, but they don't mind eating a steak. Do you think that, I mean, that, that speaks to, in many ways, you know, Black Lives Matter and sure. what, what the conversation was about is that we've gotten so used to seeing black bodies traumatized right. that as people, you know, both black and white, we have lost the notion of what the value of a black person is. Well, like, to a certain extent, like, you, you know, I don't you know saw... that we can say America ever had it. Like, that's, oh, that's, that's interesting. That's, 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 that's really, like, even now when the football players are on a strike, everybody goes, don't do that when we're... Well, we, there's a time and a place to do it, but the only time white people watch black people is if we're singing, dancing, running the football. Like that's like the, the other times they're not gonna pay particular, particularly pay attention to us. And I think nobody has more uh, invested in uh, black people uh, being treated fairly than football players. Like because right. if you're big, you're black, you're fast, you're strong, that great, that works great on Sunday, but on Monday. <laughs> That's like, you're in it's, the wrong place. <laughs> it's the reason they acquit. Right. You had, you had an encounter with the police when you were, what, eight, eight years old? Well, eight that years was your old. First, that was your first encounter with My, the police? Yeah, I was eight years old. I grew up on 135th and Avalon. I'm coming from, um, I'm coming, um, uh, from uh, school, getting a free lunch in the summer, and the police pull up, and they uh, pull up me, to me and my friend, and they're asking us questions about a cat that lived in my neighborhood. And they're like, where is he? And like, we don't know. And they're like, put your hands on the car. And I said, sir, this car is hot. And he said, nigga, if you take your hands off this car, I'm going to blow your head off. Now, I'm eight years old. Flash to, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago when a young kid in Chicago, 10 years old, is handcuffed and peeing on himself. Right. Uh, and, and I think that that was my first experience, in the, and I'll never forget it, and I'm sure he never will either. Right, and that, that, that shapes a relationship sure. that people have. And, and, you know, it's funny, I, I always try and have this conversation with people where I go, the shootings that you see are generally, like, the last straw. That's, that's like the final mm -hmm. step, but there is so much along the way. You see so many right. people having these interactions with police. When, when you move through the book and when you, when you talk about these things, there's, there's one theme I notice you have, and that is talking about police interacting with black people who have disabilities, sure. with black people who may have mental disabilities sure. or mental issues. And in the book, you talk about, you, 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 you dedicate the book to your son. Yes, who, my son is, has Asperger's syndrome. And he's a very fit kid. And, uh, you know, and my, my concern, I think, like, when people say, like, people always say, teach your children to be afraid, to, to respect the police. I think black people teach our kids to, to fear the police. It's like, they're going outside. 
I want you to don't look them in the eye, don't move fast, right. don't, don't run. Dad, I'm not going so far. No, you're going to the driveway. So, right, uh, right, right. I think that, that, that we, we, we've tried to instill a sense of fear in them because we don't want anything to happen to them. But you're more likely to be hurt or killed or have a negative interaction with the police if you're mentally, emotionally, or physically handicapped. That what, just, what, they get shot more. Why do you think that worries you more for your son as, as someone who has Asperger's? Because I think that sometimes my son has a hard time listening to me. I think, I think first off, when you're a, little, when you're a young man, uh, you can't listen to instructions anyway. So I don't even know if it has anything to do with him having a mental disability. <laughs> a kid. But, um, but I, I, the fear is that you don't want them to see that as defiance. And right. defiance costs... Like, in America, it's okay for somebody to get killed if, if they're defiant. They'll go, well, why, why, did you, why didn't you just do what they said? Why were right. you defiant? Why did you talk? And uh, you never want, to, to, I don't want to be one of those guys who's showing pictures so I can humanize my son. Um, and so I always try to sit and sense a, 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 a sense of fear in him. But uh, ultimately, the, the book is just, uh, you know, it really is not an indictment as a society, it's an inspection of it. When you look at the book from cover to cover, mm. what do you hope people will take away from it? Because some might say, but like, DL, I, I, I already know this, this morbid world that we're living in, I already know the harsh realities. Sure. Like, what am I getting from the book that I may not be getting from everyone else's conversations well, right now? first off, a laugh, because it's very funny. I know it doesn't seem like it right now. Quite. <laughs> but, but second, I think that you'll, you'll recognize some things. The only way that we can guarantee that there are not these... Like, we can't keep having these kinds of things happen and everybody kind of go, that's the way things are. Um, because we can't pretend to be a society. You can't say in a society that um, we're all about justice and you're innocent to proven guilty, but an officer can summarily uh, uh, slaughter someone on the streets and, and no one be about to account for Even if we know that they did it. Like Philando Castile, he didn't break the law. We saw what happened. Right. We weren't uncomfortable with it. I, I tell you what, the most dangerous place for black people to live is in white people's imagination. Like it's never the guy they see. It's not the black guy. It's the black guy in Chicago. It's the black guy they saw right. on the news. It's the black guy on the video. Like, I'm scared of the black dude in their imagination. Like, well, I, hope, <laughs> I hope I never meet him. You know what, that's a powerful observation because, I mean, that, that really is it. It's, it's more the idea of the right. black man than the actual black man. It's, it's an idea that's being perpetuated through whatever it might be, Even the news if you look or screen at or... What happened with Trump and Obama, everything they said about him was made up. He, he doesn't belong here. He's a Muslim. He wasn't born here. He hates America. He's really a terrorist. Right. And people believed it. They believed it because the, 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 the idea of us is much more impact, impact, impactful and fearful than the reality of us. And, and, and you get to do it. You get to, like, if there's a shooting in Chicago, they'll say, well, you know, 75 people were killed in Chicago. And that's an indicator. Well, most black people don't live in Chicago, but that is what we get indicted with. Right, right, a right. A bunch of white kids get killed with opiate. We don't say that those are all white kids. Right. But you, you get to paint us with one bri brush, and it, it becomes our story. And, and like, a, I remember Stephen Clark got shot in Sacramento and they pointed to Chicago. I'm like, I, I need a new schoolhouse rock edition because I don't even know. <laughs> like, I, don't, I didn't even know they were that close. How do you how do you how do you use comedy? I mean, all comedians have different um, tools and, you know, coping mechanisms. But it's interesting that you say this funny in the book. Like, how do you how do you respond to someone who says, but but deal, is there anything funny in this? No, but it's ironic. It's ironic. Just like the things you hear, like, now, now there's this argument. First off, uh, this whole uh, week has been hilarious to me. Like, Amarosa is dropping more tapes than Lil Wayne. Like, right. He, <laughs> but, 
But there's an argument as to whether Trump really said the N-word on tape. Like, that, like that's what we need. Because we, 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 we heard him admit to sexual assault on tape. Right. Um, we heard him. And, and, I, and I always make the point that, that like, white people are in a poor position to judge what racism is. Because they've been so horrible at it before. Like, right. Slavery right. wasn't racist. Jim Crow wasn't racist. Those monuments to, to racists weren't racist. So that's like a, a rapist decide what rape is. Do you know what I mean? You right. can't... And, Which and, is what the, the, the kid from Stanford tried to do, actually. Right. Yeah. He said <laughs> right. it was out of course, funny and they, enough. And they get to do it. And just like all these, like now they're saying, like whenever the N-word argument comes up, white people go, well, you say it in hip hop all the time. Like hip like the, the N-word has been the American lexicon since the early 1700s. Hip hop been around since 1975. Like what, what came first, nigga or the Sugar Hill Gang? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't get how even that's a real argument. Right, right, right. <laughs> but they'll have that argument. Well, you say it all the time. Like, as if the first... Not only has, um, am I certain that Donald Trump has said it, I'm certain that if the tape comes out, it'll be his campaign, his re-election campaign slogan. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I, there's nothing that he could say about somebody of color or that you could... There's nothing so horrible. Like, I can't stand Amarosa. I think she's a horrible human being. But you can't call her a dog. You could, if, if she eat, you can't, you can't. There, there is a way to have discourse and disagreements with people without being so barbaric. And, and I think when that all goes out the window, when you're an other, when you're a person of color, you get to say and do whatever you want. And in the end, people go, oh, that's all right. Damn. Yeah. Thank you so much for being Thank on the you. show. How Not to Get Shot is available now. DL and the comedy Get Down are performing in Los Angeles on August 17th. Check the man out. DL, you everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.